doing? Hello? Message. The audacity of hope. A poem. To find hope in the midst of despair is a sacred thing born of wings we cannot remember we once had, not knowing we will have them again. To wrench joy from the jaws of unthinking degradation is a triumph beyond compare. To find solace in the swirling abyss of sorrow is as courageous an act as we might perform. To seek beauty in a massive pile of scattered dreams is cradling a tender innocence that cannot die. To find sanctuary within a crevice of noise is a display of unconscious heroism. To create within the rubble of destruction is elaborating upon the tenets of bravery. To have faith when the sky is crashing around you is to demonstrate the strengths of being more than merely human. To rise again from the grief that befell you is to succeed in gathering wisdom. To gather wisdom from such agony is a sacred thing born of wings.
perdão serei.
Oh! <laughs> 
Welcome in. You're very welcome in for this book review. The Future of the Fifth Child by Sid Gardner. G-A-R-D-N-E-R. Sid is spelled S-I-D. Sid Gardner. The Future of The Fifth Child, an overview of global child protection programs and policy. It's excellent. I've only read a couple of the first two pages. And, oops, I lost my... Lost my sample preview. It's um, very excellent. I'm going to skip over all these pages. Introduction table contents. The forward and all of that. That's very 
worth reading, but I wanted to get to the heart of it because I have to get back to um, my other assignments in my other courses, online courses. But this one is definitely going to help anyone that interested interested in more freedom justice and equality equity for children and everyone else okay this is still the introduction is maybe 300 page sample that should be the whole book it's uh what is this? It's 255 pages in this sample. That's a good one. Chapter one: Cherishing, cherishing. Excuse me. Whew, still trying to recover from all the heat this week. It's a little cooler because it rained all night. All all evening and all night but um, it's not easy to catch up from the dehydration after a whole week but uh, it can be done alright excuse my dry dry windpipes (laughs) chapter one cherishing children the antecedents and definitions of child protection. Every culture in the world cherishes its children, yet we continue to fail to protect them. The origins of child protection can be traced deep into history and even prehistory as can the origins of child maltreatment. Anthropologists have explored the early signs of the most savage and tragic forms of child maltreatment in rituals of child sacrifice. The Abrahamic religions view Abraham's willingness to sacrifice his son as a critical moment in the history of God's relationship with humans. As James Carroll has described in his recent Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Alfred Kahn also discussed infanticide as the ultimate form of child abuse in history. More recently, Steven Pinker, in his book, the Battle, correction, 
the better angels of our nature, why violence has declined, seeking to make the case that violence has decreased in human history, included a lengthy section on the decline of infanticide and the rise of children's rights. Plato in the Republic argued that children should be removed from their parents and placed in state custody to be raised in common, less for their protection than as a means of producing the ideal rulers of society without regard for differences in parenting. Rousseau argued that children were born inherently good and are corrupted by the evils of society. However, Rousseau sent all five of his children to orphanages. I'll just let that lay there. <laughs> that was uh, that was something that rocked me because I remember reading Rousseau in psychology, human psychology classes in college, and his name was always ringing out in the psychology books, but they they forgot that part. <laughs> Continuing, although the first expression of child protection in international law and diplomatic pronouncements came in 1924, with the adoption by the League of Nations of the Declaration on the Rights of the Child. Long before this statement, nations, religious organizations, and philosophies had articulated an obligation to care for innocent children who needed protection from harm. Many religions and cultures have valued children as innocents who must be nurtured and protected. But at times, religious motives have also led to treating children as mere property or objects of blind revenge. These texts are reminders of 
how children have been exalted as the ultimate measures of a society's values and how far from that standard human history and religious practices have sometimes fallen. Mark 10 and 14 from the Bible Suffer the little children to come unto me for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Exodus 12 and 29 from the Torah or the Torah Old Testament At midnight, the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sat on his throne, to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon. Timothy and Al Behaki wrote A father gives his child nothing better than a good education. Hadith collected by Timirdi Timidi and Al Behaki. Confucius, quote, if your plan is for one year, plant rice. If your plan is for ten years, plant trees. If your plan is for one hundred years, Educate children. And His Holiness the Dalai Lama quote A feeling of intimacy toward all other sentient beings including of course those who would Harm us is generated, which is likened in the literature to the love a mother has for her only child. A literature has emerged that addresses a quote theology of childhood. But its emphasis is on children as revelations of divine intention which is unknowable in its ultimate sense.
the spiritual life of children is the focus rather than the need to shelter children from abuse by adults, in some cases in religious institutions. This literature does not appear to address harm to children as a theological concept. A review of a recent book on children and theology, John Berryman's Children and the Theologians, states that, quote, in mainstream Christianity, children and childhood, as seen by one of its keenest contemporary historians, were marginal to the point of invisibility, close quote. Later in chapter 7, we discuss the theological basis for the debates about adoption of children and their removal from their own cultural setting. During the time while this book was being written, the following happened. In Israel, an eight-year-old girl was called, quote, whore, close quote, and verbally abused by ultra-Orthodox Jews for the way she dressed when she went to school. In Afghanistan, a 10-year-old girl was kidnapped and beaten for the misdeeds of her uncle. A 20-year-old woman was beheaded by her father for for leaving an arranged marriage. In the U.S., an ongoing debate about birth control and the morality of sexual behavior was spearheaded by a vastly wealthy religious organization that has for decades shielded pedophile priests from prosecution while at the same time serving as an articulate and powerful advocate for immigrants and poor children and families.
with the future of the fifth child by Sid Gardner. In its essence, the work of child protection can be viewed as closing the gap between the ideals of nurturing children expressed by many religious and cultural leaders and the continuing realities of harm done to more than one-fifth of all living children because some parents illicit businesses and others in society are harming children child protection is needed and because there are so many different versions of harm being done to children societies and nations have organized to respond to these different categories of protection. Seeking to reconcile our ideals about the lives of children with our practices in raising them. The gravity of child maltreatment in global settings is deepened by the growing evidence that much of that maltreatment is not only doing deliberate harm to children, it is harm to children that is very often culturally approved and legal with remedies often blocked by governmental action and inaction. In a 2012 report, a coalition of non-governmental agencies or NGOs reviewed what were termed, quote, harmful practices based on tradition, culture, religion, or superstition, close quote. In a foreword to that report, the head of a UN or United Nations UN study on violence against children summed up governments in a majority of the states across the world are still indulging in justification and compromise the practices in this depressing but vital report from the International NGO Council is that they are generally perpetrated by parents or others close to children 
in their communities and they are condoned or actively approved on grounds of tradition, culture, religion, or superstition. Overcoming the power of those traditions and superstitions is a major part of what the work of child protection seeks to achieve. A portion of that work is highly public subject to international comparisons, feedback on whether national policies are actually being implemented and enforced and at times ending up in well-publicized legal action on behalf of children or seeking redress from those who victimize them. But a great portion of that work aims at practices that are virtually invisible, occurring deep within family and clan, involving secrets, stigma, and hidden trauma. Thus, child protection has both visible and invisible components. And recognizing the power of both is critical to advancing the cause. Defining the problem in the field, quote, child protection, close quote, is a term used very differently in the U.S. and in the rest of the world. In the U.S., child protection services is the front end of the child welfare system in which an immediate response is made to a report of child abuse or neglect. Quote, safety, permanency, and well-being. End quote. Is how U.S. legislation describes the three primary goals of the child welfare system. In the U.S., safety is what child protection is most focused upon for very good reasons. Internationally, child protection has come to mean something different. Best codified by UNICEF or the United Nations International Child Education Fund. Child protection refers to 16 specific conditions of maltreatment categorized by type of abuse or neglect in some cases and by the setting of the offenses in others. 
e.g. wartime or humanitarian crisis. From UNICEF's website, quote, UNICEF uses the term child protection to refer to preventing and responding to violence, exploitation, and abuse against children, including commercial sexual exploitation, trafficking, child labor, and harmful traditional practices such as female genital mutilation and cutting and child marriage. Violations of the child's right to protection take place in every country and are massive, underrecognized, and underreported barriers to child survival and development in addition to being human rights violations.
UNICEF uses the term child protection to refer to preventing and responding to violence, exploitation, and abuse against children, including commercial sexual exploitation, trafficking, child labor, and harmful traditional practices such as FGM, female genital mutilation and or cutting and child marriage violations of the child's right to protection take place in every country and are massive under-recognized and under-reported barriers to child survival and protections and development in addition to being human rights violations. UNICEF uses 16 separate categories of child maltreatment to describe the targets of its work of child protection. Some of the most important of those include an estimated 223 million children, 10% of the world's children, have been sexually assaulted. This includes 150 million girls and 73 million boys. More than 115 million children work in hazardous jobs. More than 200 and 15 million children aged 5 through 17 work on a regular basis. More than 67 million children of elementary school age do not go to school. They are disproportionately girls The ratio worsens as students enter secondary school. More than 18 million children had parents who both died. More than 16 million children lost one or both parents due to AIDS. Only half of the children under five years of age in developing nations have their births registered. Two million children are victims of sex trafficking or 
pornography. Each of these combined with the other specific conditions monitored by UNICEF and other organizations are the focus of programs and funding streams aimed at these conditions. A thoughtful perspective on child protection as a set of systems was commissioned by UNICEF in 2008. This monograph and a subsequent paper were important correctives to previously fragmented efforts aimed at separate forms of maltreatment which were loosely coordinated under the banner of child protection. As we will see throughout this book, the struggle to link different categorically defined efforts to improve child protection into an integrated system is a continuing challenge. A somewhat different set of definitions resulted from the legislative initiatives in the U.S. that led to public law 109-95, the assistance for orphans and other vulnerable children in developing countries act of 2005 the initial impetus for this legislation was concern about children who were left orphans as a result of the HIV AIDS crisis in Africa But the definition was widened to include other categories of, quote, highly vulnerable, end quote, children, including some but not all of the UNICEF categories. The action plan on children in adversity issued in 2013 was consistent with the UNICEF framework. At present, 
the child protection field is undergoing continuing debates about its boundaries. The most important questions in the debate include UNICEF uses the term child protection to refer to preventing and responding to violence, exploitation, and abuse of all children in all contexts. This also includes reaching children who are uniquely vulnerable to these threats, such as those living without family care in the street or in situations of conflict or natural disaster. How does children protection relate to child survival? Is neglect of basic health and nutritional needs whether due to poverty, parental community, or national actions or inactions, a concern that should be child protection. At times, this has been framed as the obligation to ensure that children can thrive as well as survive. Is violence prevention a more effective framing framing topic than child protection? And can it encompass child labor, lack of birth registration, and other components of maltreatment and neglect? do not include violence as such. If child well-being excuse me if child well-being is used as a broader framework then child protection How can the organizational effects of this broader topic be handled since well-being can include prenatal health, prenatal health, child development, child survival, education, and family income? The emphasis in the U.S. PL 109-95 legislation and the subsequent action plan on children, including early childhood, family care, and child protection. Above all, the question is, how can child well-being 
be framed to ensure that it encompasses family well-being, Our children agents in our children agents in child protection, a number of experts and leaders in the field of child protection have described an evolution of the field from a perception of the child as object to the child as subject able to act on her own behalf. Dr. Yang Dr. Yang He Lee, Vice Chair of the UN Committee on the Rights of the Child describes three stages of this evolution from a child welfare perspective focused on protecting the child to child rights with the child as a rights holder for the first time and a third stage with children and youth able to act on their own behalf. powerful monograph on children's participation quote from the village development council at one end of the spectrum to the UN General Assembly at the other
Sylvia Plath, inspired by her poem, Tulips, by Wanda Lea Brayton. Bouquet for Sylvia Plath. Ignore the loud stretching of flowers, Sylvia. Their breath aching toward an open sky. Their fragrance will evaporate soon enough to forget how vivid they were. Remember their tender roots instead, shuddering beneath the bitter soil that rages, cracking under first frost's leaden foot. They retreat into the dusky dark, their sinews yearning for warmth that wanes. Ah, but there are still seeds whispering in the yard, singing slowly those ancient secrets of spring. The blooms will wilt as they are wont to do. It is their duty to fade from trembling fingers grasp. The petals will fall, perhaps to be savored and saved for potpourri, a scent that lingers long after the gift was given and gone. The mandates of survival require us to tend our gardens well, to remove unwanted weeds, and thrust our hands into this daunting dirt. Our stems are stronger than any wind that shivers through our lives. There will always be more flowers to come. It is only these moments alone that are few and fierce. Fledglings have fallen. Fledglings have fallen from their nest. A song in their ancient rubied throats lost to the descending darkness of an unmitigated demise. Too soon they perished before 
they felt the rise of primordial wind beneath their nascent wings. They instinctively trusted the strength of the bow they breathed upon, not understanding the power of an oncoming storm. Their parents trapped under turned leaves until it passed and they could pursue home again. When they arrived in the emptiness you left behind, the music was muted by savage fear. They dared not look for you, knowing your tiny hearts had become a long, strange melody they could not hear. An odd mapping of blood on stones below their eyes. A poem titled Language, inspired by the novel Eat, Pray, Love by Elizabeth Gilbert. Poem by Wanda Leah Brayton titled Language. Moments may lodge in the tightening of our throats, separated from sound. Only a murmur comes or a moan, a sudden silence speaking volumes never written or recorded in any language save that of a heart swelling bursting its banks stunned into a precious pause that has no definition no Orders etched on any map. They can be seen in languishing gestures coiled inside cloaked shadows caused by a trembling hand that reaches out stops midway between here and where it meant to go, then bravely goes on, gathering those same shadows into something that finally makes sense. 
they cannot be discerned under a sterile microscope nor viewed through a stargazer's eyes they must be experienced as an individual fragment of time that ceases to move seen only through the latticed whisper of a butterfly's stilled wing a portion of song given only to you only by the glistening smile of a unanimous universe there right there just before you blink a poem titled Norma Jean inspired by Marilyn Monroe's poetry written by Wanda Leah Brayton Norma Jean your sinuous vines were meant for more than bearing fruit for gathering wind in your leaves curled against the storms the soil shuddered beneath your feet swaying within the onslaught of unrepentant tides you were golden a kinetic glow surrounding your skin too many longed to touch and tear. When the wind grew too fierce, you burrowed beneath your slow blankets of flame, surging, trembling, still. We are sustained by your tragic warmth. Restlessly drink from your wild vintage. A poem titled Unfeathered. A short poem by Wanderlea Brayton. Flight is precious to those who are earthbound. We see this unending sky and covet wild wings we do not have attached to our mortal frames. Yet still, our souls soar beside the fragile bird who lingers aloft 
steadfast, we long to seek those radiant realms where moonlight swirls without falling. We drift beside quiet streams and imagine the sea. We are creatures of gravity soliciting the stars. A short poem titled Semblance. Like this sky, tenebrous, I split spilling remnants of song, wet bouquets gathered into my arms, dense language reminiscent of loam, categories defy mirrors soliloquy labels obsequious without a discerning glance for what comes seeking wind finding flame instead a short poem Songs of Neruda, inspired by an excerpt from the poem To Many Names by Pablo Neruda. Flowers remembered with tender bitterness the wild and willful pleasure you found in a moment composed of only roots and stones, neglecting their fragile sense with your broad hand, your brimming eyes. They have forgiven you with songs of unfolding silk. Dusky petals drift fragrances slowly across somber soil embracing you now. Thank you for listening.
Yeah. <laughs> 
So 